Perfect. Well, lovely to be with you. I've got to do a 180 degree sweep here, haven't I? A bit like a tennis match. <laughs> but you can all see me. Um, can you all see the flip chart? Because I am going to use it a little bit. I'll pull that back a bit. Does that work for everyone? Sort of. Do you need to go back? Yes. Great. Uh, do you know, I want to hold us here for just a little bit longer, kind of unashamedly really, because I just think this is so important. We're going to look tonight at the inner life. And I think the foundation for our inner life is who we are and who we're becoming. And so I'm going to do it in a slightly different way because I want to do a kind of, um, what do they call it? Compare and contrast. So this, this question of who am I? We talked last month about we, we come into the world with a big question mark inside of us that demands this answer. It says, who am I? Am I worth anything? Am I lovable? And... Um, We've got two ways of answering that question, really. One is without God, I want to say. Without God. And one is with God. And, of course, where we start off, our starting place in the world, where we come in, is, is without God. We, at some point, we make a commitment, but we, we kind of get on with life. And in the deepest part of us, like Rick said, as we come into the world separated from God who's outside of us, this deepest place, there's no connection to God. And at some point in our lives, it, we awaken to what he has done for us. It's why I love the title of this course, the, the Awakening Course. We awaken to what Christ has already done for us. And we become alive in God. And so this old, dead spirit, if you like, that the sinful self that we once were separated from God <coughs> is crucified with Christ, is taken to the cross and I'm raised with Jesus to a new identity so I become a new creation and that's the fullness of the work of the cross I think for me at least in the dead through the glory of the Father we too may, may live a new life. So Paul's desperate for us to know the full work of the cross on our behalf and for us to, to rest in it instead of trying to earn God's love, God's acceptance, earn my okayness, earn it in God's eyes, earn it in my own eyes by being good enough, whatever good enough is. Um, so I wanted to bring us back to that, and I know I, I'm, we're laying this foundation really quickly in a way. Jenny mentioned this Liz's course. I hope it's not my course. I hope it's a biblical course. <laughs> it's not just something that I've kind of made up. Um, and Rick and Rick and I've been working together. Some of you have come and done. We've taken seven weeks to, to lay this foundation in a deeper way in our lives, and to look at it biblically and to study it out. Um, so I'm being very brief, um, very happy to, to talk with you at, at more, in more detail and so on. So that's what Paul wants us to know. The thing is, of course, knowing in and of itself doesn't automatically bring transformation, does it? We all know that. <laughs> we can know a lot here. 
but does it impact into our lives? Do we see difference? And of course, one of the problems that people always, or the, the challenges, the difficulties, is that if this is true, then why do I still sin? Why do I blow it? Why do I mess up in the ways that we do or still do? And it's, as I said last time, it's a really good question. We're going to look some way towards the answer to that today. I think for those of us who've kind of been in the church for a little while, and there were a few of us here today, aren't there? Being Christians for a good old number of years, not all of us, but I, I think life's a bit like this. So we, we kind of start out in our lives, and um, our, we have different experiences as we go along through life, some good, some bad. And at some point, often it's in a bit of a crisis, isn't it? At some point we come to Christ, and um, we make a commitment or whatever. Galatians, he says, Oh, foolish Galatians, having started with the Spirit. You know, when you got saved, you knew it was a work of God. You knew it was by the Spirit. Are you now trying to continue by the flesh, by, by your own efforts? And I love how it, um, the message puts it. Let me put this question to you. This is Galatians 3, 2, I think. How did your new life begin? Was it by working your heads off to please God? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think that they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it, how do you suppose you could perfect it? Did you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing? It's not yet a total loss, but it certainly will be if you keep this up. Answer this question. Does God, who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his Holy Spirit, working things in your lives you could never do for yourselves, does he do these things because of your strenuous moral striving or because you trust him to do it in you, to do them in you? That's what our inner life is about, deepening our trust, first and foremost, in the one who loves us, who has made us holy, and letting him do in us what we can't do for ourselves. See, it's not about um, good dog, bad dog. Did I talk about that last time? Have you ever heard that example of Christian discipleship, where someone... I heard this given as a testimony once by someone who just finished a Christian training course and they said what they learned, most helpful thing they learned, was that it's like there's two dogs inside of them and the two dogs, there's a good dog and a bad dog and the two dogs are fighting and um, that's what a Christian life's like, there's two dogs fighting and which dog is going to win? Which dog's going to win, what do you think? Anybody heard it? The, the, do the dog's going to win is the... Yeah, the strongest dog. So the dog that you feed the most will become stronger, and so that's the dog that will win. And that's what he'd learned, that therefore his discipleship was about doing the right things that fed the dog, that made the dog stronger, the good dog stronger. So, you know, Bible study and, and going to church. About myself, those things that I was once ashamed of, they don't have the same power to define me anymore. They're not who I am. Does that make sense? So I can be more honest about what's the good, the bad and the ugly, if you like, because it doesn't reflect, it doesn't determine my sense of self. 
Um, you've got a handout. But uh, is this one? It's a. Everybody can see that. I think Avril gave it you as you came in. It says. It says this. Truth is what God says. What does God say about you? I think that was one of the exercises you had for your homework to to look at some of the scriptures that that talk about who we are in Christ. That's what God says about you. Truth is what God says, no matter what I think or feel, no matter what others think or what I or others say, truth is God's word. The truth does not change whether I believe it, no matter what I feel about it. Do we always feel like we're righteous? Do we always feel like we're holy? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Does our behaviour always reflect that we're holy? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Behaviour lies in this realm of soul and body. It's not the deepest truth about us. The truth, so no matter how I behave or where I go, the truth never changes. God's description... Sorry, God's job description, he runs things. The believer's job description, I'll leave you to look that up later. Um, So, in finishing, I want to kind of just share something of a personal story. Um, By way of trying to illustrate, I think what what it's been to get really practical, really. What does it look like? How does this make a difference? So, This is a story that I'm not particularly proud of. (laughs) I've told it several times now. Some of you will have heard it. And every time I tell it, I can feel myself starting to blush. A few years back, I just bought my flat when I moved down to Sussex in Hayward's Heath. And um, I was looking around for a church. And there's one I started going to in Hayward. And say, well, I'm just a sinner. That's why I did it. Obvious explanation. I'm a sinner, so I sinned. I didn't try hard enough. I know that's not true. So for me now, when I see myself blow it, there's perhaps even more sorrow. And I think that's a good thing. Godly sorrow leads us to repentance. And I think I'm more able to run to God straight away. Because, you see, nothing's changed between me and him. He's still in me. I'm still in him. He still loves me. I'm still righteous. I can run to him. I don't have to hide in shame. And I can talk to him about it. And I, the first thing I want to do is say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I didn't act true to who I am. And then I can start to ask the question, why? And God and I can start to talk about that. And I think that's, that's the kind of invitation of the inner life. To, to sit with some of these questions. Why, what made me do that? There was a reason that I lied and the reality is I think as I think about it now why did I lie I'm still too attached to what people think of me I want my sense of identity is still based in in her good opinion of me new friend I wanted her to think well of me I wasn't free enough to say actually do you know what I'm in my pyjamas do you still want to come up you're welcome Um, that would have been okay wouldn't it What's wrong? There's nothing wrong with that. But I was, because of my attachment to my identity lying in somewhere, somewhere else, in people's opinion, in my 
my ability, you know, to look good. That's why I lied. <laughs> um, and I can start to be honest about that. I think in a deeper way than I was able to be honest with myself before. And I can say, you know, Lord, thank you that I am forgiven unconditionally. It's not dependent on my ability to never do it again. I'm forgiven because of your blood. That's an objective reality, not because of my resolution. And I think I can say thank you that I am righteous. Thank you, you don't change. And really, you know,